Hi, I'm Hope Jones, Director of the Pre-K to 8 Division at Darlington School, and welcome to the Darlington Podcast. Today, I'm here with 6th grader Briar Lanier, 7th grader Soren Chapman, and 8th grader Gracie Cowan. We're going to be talking about our annual week-long trips in the middle grades and how they support our curriculum and build unity within each grade level. Thank you all for joining us today. Welcome to the Darlington Podcast, a production of Darlington School in Rome, Georgia. Join us as we take a look inside and outside our classrooms and connect with students, teachers, alumni, and more. Well, I'm thrilled to be here with three students that have just recently returned from our annual trips. Um, So I'm going to actually start um, with Briar Lanier in sixth grade. So we had an opportunity to head down to Florida um, and explore a little bit of Florida and uh, wanted to talk about one, what was one of the things, Briar, that you were looking forward to on the trip? One of the things that I was looking forward to was like the ghost tour and like seeing like all like historical places and like seeing like talking about how many ghosts are there and something that happened historically. So the very first day that we arrived, on the very first day of that sixth grade trip, we had an opportunity to go to St. Augustine, um, which is the oldest city in the United States, um, and had an opportunity, I think, to visit with some ghosts that night, didn't we? Yes, ma'am. Yeah. Um, Were you surprised um, at some of the haunted stories of St. Augustine? Yes, ma'am. Surprised that like the cemetery, whenever they buried, like they don't know, they didn't know what a coma was, and then they like buried like half the people there alive. So that was really weird. Yeah, that was kind of strange, wasn't it? So that's where actually some of our um, some of our little uh, stories come from. That our little phrases come from, like "Saved by the Bell." So they used to actually tie a string either onto your toe or onto your finger if they buried you and had that little string um, kind of come up and sit onto the surface um, in the cemetery. And if you woke up from a coma, for example, you might start ringing that bell and that would be saved by the bell and they would realize that they had accidentally buried you alive, right? Um, So you're right. There were some things that we learned sort of historically about the time periods and some of the challenges Um, that they may have had uh, with things like the plague and scarlet fever and things like that um, and had an opportunity to see. We actually saw two cemeteries that night, didn't we? Yes, ma'am. Yeah, we were a little spooked, though. It's, 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 uh, It's hard to go on a ghost tour at night in the dark, right? But we had a good time with that. Um, Soren, did y'all do a ghost tour on yours? No, ma'am. No, did y'all do one in uh, eighth grade? No, ma'am. No? Okay, because you went to some places like Williamsburg and uh, Savannah uh, that are known for some pretty interesting um, haunted stories yeah. as well. We did, and in, um, in Savannah, we went to this graveyard, and our tour guy was talking about, like, everywhere you walk in Savannah, you're walking over a dead body, because when people died, sometimes they never had room to bury them, so they just, like, keep them in the ground. And yeah. eventually, they would, they would just kind of get covered up by the dirt, so. Yeah, there's some interesting stories. Savannah has some great stories. Um, what was one of the favorite, one of your favorite things that you did in Savannah? Um, probably River Street. It's just, it's just really interesting because you can walk down the street and then there's just all these different kinds of shops, and it's right on the river, so it's really a great photo opportunity as well. But it's just cool just to go in and see all the merchandise people are selling, and the candy stores are pretty popular too. 
Yeah, there were candy stores everywhere we went on all three trips. Oh, yeah, St. Augustine. They had this one big place. It was, like, all, like, shirts and, like, like really cool, like, gemstones and stuff. It was really awesome. Yeah, y'all went to some great souvenir shops and came back with some great things. One of the things that was new on the, the trip, the eighth grade trip this year, I know y'all circled Georgia, so... Um, you have an opportunity to sort of start out in Savannah and sort of make your way, um, make your way down to Jekyll Island and then around uh, to Andersonville um, Prison and then sort of back through Atlanta on your way back. Um, in Savannah, one of the things that was added this year, I think that was an, an incredible opportunity for y'all, was to see the Savannah Port. Um, so you had an opportunity to see the shipping of vessels that came in and out of that. Uh, what surprised you about that? Well, I guess just kind of the size of the port. I mean, I know I would expect a port to be pretty big, but I really didn't know like how big it was. And it was really interesting to see how many um, shipping containers they bring in every day. And the port is just massive. And we took a bus tour and our tour guide was talking about how we have all these countries and that the Savannah port like supplies everything for many different states on the east coast and sometimes the west coast it was pretty cool yeah that was pretty cool that was a great addition to that trip i think um soren so let's talk just a bit so your very first day you spent a lot of hours um on the bus so yes, the right. very when seventh grade hits the road they're on the bus for a long time right like 10 uh, hours like 10 sure. hours yeah um so what what surprised you about the bus ride just how crazy it was okay so tell me a little bit about that so you'd be sitting on the bus, and then someone is going to speak and start blasting music, and then everyone would start singing. It was crazy. It was really fun. Yeah, it was really we'd fun. We'd do karaoke, and we would, like, um, play those Kahoot games, or you quiz yourself, personality quiz. What, all right, what surprised you about your chaperones on the bus? They turned into, like, kids. They did turn into kids. Um, so, okay, so you had, uh, tell me exactly the chaperones that you had on your trip. Miss Bowling. Mr. Everhart, Mr. Ivester, and Miss Evans. Okay. All right. So out of that four, Annie have some pretty good dance moves on the bus and singing skills. Miss <laughs> Bowling did the gritty on the bus. Miss <laughs> Bowling? Oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. So does it do, do the trips give you an opportunity to sort of engage with your teachers from your you classes the, in a very different way? You see the other side of them. You see the side that's um, not in school grading papers, the kind that's outside having fun with you. Can you tell that they're enjoying the trip just as much as you are? <laughs> yeah. It's like a big vacation. It is like a big vacation. Um, you know, all of our all of our faculty um, that teach our 6th, 7th, and 8th grade students do go on the trips um, as chaperones. And to be very honest with you, every year we talk about which trips we're going to go on and try to shift that a little bit based on maybe what we're teaching or a group of students that we haven't had an opportunity to connect with. Um, so that very first day that you were on the bus for 10 hours, that time passes pretty quickly um, because you probably had no idea it was gonna be like a party bus all the way down, right? Or all the way up, I would say. Um, you ended up at Pamplin Park that very first night. So tell me some of the highlights. You know, th that's one of my favorite places to go. And we're very fortunate because Pamplin Park actually opens up at night just for us, just for Darlington students that night. So tell me some of the highlights to that, that particular evening. It was really cool to see them shoot the shoot the guns. Those old musket. I'm not sure if they're musket. They're like, they're muskets. Yeah, they were. And like they would they would shoot them, and you'd see the ball like fly. It was really neat. And then they were all dressed up, like the colonial soldiers. It was really neat. Did you do a little dancing that night? 
Yes, ma'am. It was like a cotillion day all over again. It was like a cotillion all over again. Did y'all dance up and down the halls of that museum? Yes, ma'am. Yeah, that's pretty cool, isn't it? Like you held your hands up yeah. like that and they ran through. Yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. We did something uh, similar at Old Fort Jackson where they made us. They had um, one of this um, guy dressed up as a soldier. They had him come on our bus and they make us march out into the fort. And they kind of gave us a little history lesson about um, like their medicine, how like how it worked and they just kind of taught us about some things that they did and then they shot a cannon at the end which is pretty cool but it was really loud and it was just cool just to see like this really old cannon being shot out it was, it was pretty cool doesn't that just bring history to life some of the things that um that you have maybe learned about or even some things you're going to learn about that you haven't even learned about yet um but it's sort of when you have an opportunity um, to watch reenactments, to engage uh, with different museums that sort of have what I call living history, uh, where they have opportunities to either demonstrate some things for you, um, to engage in that way. It just sort of, it's so much better than learning history from a textbook. That's true, right? Sure. That's one of the reasons why we do those trips, is to sort of bring those things to life. Um, you know, Briar, I remember um, when we... Um, the second, the first day we were there, obviously we went to St. Augustine and we, that evening we had an opportunity to do the ghost tour that you talked about. But the very next morning we had an opportunity to go into a Spanish hospital and also into an apothecary. Um, and I remember you, um, when, we, when we were moving from the Spanish hospital and that presentation over to the apothecary, I remember you turned and said, this is awesome. So tell me, tell me what, what was so awesome about that experience. The awesome thing about it was like whenever what they would like the tools they would use to like fix up the people was like really cool and like what they used like whenever they would use this tool whenever like somebody gets shot with a with the bullet that comes out of the musket um it would like make a ding sound and uh and then they would know and then they would use this other tool to like pull it out that really that. Do you remember what was on the very end, the very tip of that tool that would cause that sound and make that mark? Do you remember what that was? I don't really remember. It was, it like, was porcelain. Yes, porcelain. Uh, porcelain. And the reason it makes a mark is it does leave a black mark uh, from the bullet, right? And that uh, that let them know that that instrument had located the bullet and not just run into bone. Um, so it's one of the reasons why um, there was porcelain there. That was really cool, right? I have to say, if I was going to have something amputated, I'd rather have something amputated today than amputated back then, right? But do you remember how long it took to amputate a leg? To amputate a leg? I think it was like three to four minutes. I know. Isn't that hard to believe? In three to four minutes, you could cut an entire leg off. I know that sounds gross, but it was kind of interesting history yes. we learned. Um, what about the apothecary? We went next door and had an opportunity to learn about different things, um, um, different herbs that uh, that we use even today, right? So that, like, yes, they, so there was this, like, kind of bugs, little things, and it's what they made, like, lipstick out of and stuff. That's and right. They had this, I don't remember what it was, but it was like this some type of thing that he was like that makes medicine with. Mm-hmm. It's really cool. It was really cool. So who knew that some of our um, colors, our dyes, especially our red dye, um, actually comes from an insect, right? Um, and we had a chance to see those insects. Um, um, and that that's where the red color comes from, 
and that's where a lot of makeup and, and different things we still use that red dye and still use actually uh, that particular insect to create dyes even today so that was a great opportunity um, okay so let, let's travel just a little bit further so we had an opportunity um, you know you went from Pamplin Park and then you went to Jamestown and went to Williamsburg um, so, so tell me a little, and that's definitely living history, right? You had sure. a great opportunity. Um, so tell me one of the things that, uh, sort of surprised you about either one of those locations, Jamestown or Williamsburg. I want to say Williamsburg, just how they're all in the character. Everyone there was dressed up looking just like one of the people, but it looks like you went back in time, really. Cause like the streets. Had like, you ever been there before? No, man. No. Okay. It was really neat. And they had like. The um, big courtroom that they replicated it just from like way back then. It was crazy, like going back in time. It was like going back in time. It's kind of cool there, isn't it? Yeah. Um, Gracie, tell me a little bit about after y'all left Savannah. Did y'all go to Jekyll Island next? Is that where y'all went? We went to Cumberland Island. That you went to Cumberland Island. Oh, Cumberland Island has a rich history. Uh, so tell me something about Cumberland Island that you really enjoyed. Yeah, so um, we got off the boat and we did kind of like a, I'm pretty sure it was maybe like a two or five, I don't remember if it was two or five miles. We just kind of went on a walk through the island. We got to see some horses. And then we went to this old, huge kind of mansion that was there. And it was just really cool. And um, the lady there was kind of just telling us about how it was like burned down. And then we went... Um, we got to take some pretty cool pictures, and we just got to see how m not many people lived on the island, but we just kind of got to like look around and see the old building burn down. It was pretty cool. Did y'all, before y'all left that area, did y'all go to the Mighty Air Force Museum? Uh, we went there before. I think we went there on like maybe the first or second day. Okay, when you went there, did y'all see the poppies that uh, yes, some of the Darlington students they had sent a, to the museum? Well, we actually yeah. took them to the museum several years ago. Are they still up at the museum? They, yeah, they're still up. They had, I think he said, maybe 23,000 poppies for each person who died. Um, and they had them all over the walls, and we got to see. I actually have a picture on my phone, but they had a, um, a sign that said, like, Darlington School. And then they had all these poppies lining the hallways and the ceilings. It was pretty cool. That's cool. That's really cool. Okay, so Briar, one of my favorite places, you know, it's the Kennedy Space Center, right? Oh, yes. It's like one of my favorites. It's the reason I go on the trip. Um, so what, let's go back to that first moment when we, uh, we arrived at the museum and we went to the Atlantis building um, where the space shuttle was. And do you remember we were standing in that sort of opening, it's sort of a theater that you had to stand in, and um, we could look up and it was all projected. Walk me through, walk our audience through, what did it feel like when that curtain or that piece of fabric came up and you were seeing the Atlantis space shuttle, the real Atlantis space shuttle for the very first time? I was like, so whenever we were standing in the theater, so whenever it showed it, like before the fabric came up, I was thinking this has to, this can't be real. And then it lifted up and I was like, oh my God, there's no way that is real. And then, so whenever we, everybody was taking pictures, everybody was going crazy. Um, so there was like this paper airplane on there and it was the paper airplane from the projector thing. and. 
if you walk down a little bit, which is like behind the rocket, you'd see like the big old engines that they have in them. It was really crazy. It was crazy, wasn't it? Yes, ma'am. Hard to believe. Yes, you know, I've, I've done that several times with students, and I remember the first time I did it myself. Um, and students just can't believe that's the real space shuttle that they're staring at, right? Um, and it's kind of interesting because if you go back and you think about it, um, you know, the whole concept of the space shuttle, the space shuttle is a glider. That's what it is, right? It, we, it was created so that we would have a, a reusable vehicle, right? Um, and we, we used uh, the, the space shuttle fleet for 30 years, uh, really more longer than we had intended uh, to actually use it. But you're right, you see the actual paper airplane or the paper glider that was actually used uh, by the design team at NASA um, is actually on display there as well. So you can actually see what that looks like, where they actually built the glider, built this sort of paper airplane um, to sort of test different things out. So it was pretty amazing. Um, so we had a great day there. You had an opportunity to meet an astronaut. Yes. What was that like? It was really crazy. I was like, so I, I got an autograph of a hat on him, and it was his name was Woody Springs. And he had like his whole entire suit on and everything, but like, it was crazy. You know, we were really fortunate because um, I've done this trip several times with sixth graders and we never get our timing right. We never get to meet an astronaut. So this was the first time uh, that a group of students had an opportunity to meet an astronaut that had flown right there in that Atlanta space shuttle that was in the next room over. So, you know, I highly recommend anyone uh, that's down in the Florida area. And we, we brought back a signed picture of him um, as well that I have on display in my office. Um, so Soren, okay, so let's talk Jockey Ridge. That, that was the best part to me. Okay, so tell me about Jockey Ridge. So you go over to North Carolina, right? And um, so you have now shifted from Virginia over to North Carolina on your trip. And uh, you go to the um, largest sand dunes this side of the Mississippi River. What did that look like? It was like the desert. <laughs> it was crazy. Yeah. We went in there and she gave us a little tour of like all the... Um, wildlife and plants. She said that she liked, she loved um, working there. Like, she said she loved the mountains, but she didn't work at the mountains because the sand dunes they change almost like every day. They shift and they look different. And she said it was just amazing to go out there and see them big one day and small. We, when we were there, they were the biggest they've been almost. It was crazy. It's hard to believe you can stand at Jockey's Ridge. And you can't see the ocean at all from there. So you have no idea the ocean is literally just right down the street um, because the sand dunes are so incredibly large. It's almost like you're in a, a movie that takes place in the Sahara Desert, right? You could really, and they do shoot movies there, just so you know. She told us that. Yeah. The Star Wars people come out there and do that. They do. Yeah. Is it Tatooine? I, I don't know my, my Star Wars trivia, but I, I think maybe Tatooine is, is part of what's been um, shot there before. But that is... That is an experience that a lot of students have never had to be able to see these incredible sand dunes. It's almost actually as if you're almost in Egypt. You have no concept of really where you are 
um, but it's right there in the coast um, of North Carolina. And what creates those sand dunes has to do with the wind tunnels that come down there. So that sort of explains the Kitty Hawk, doesn't it? Sure. It explains why that's where uh, where Kitty Hawk uh, and, and the Wright brothers and that sort of thing. Tell me a little bit about that, going to, to that museum and, and being able to go on site there. That was really neat to see back a long time ago where they flew the first plane over there and it had like number one, their first flight, and number two, their second, and then the the um, fourth one, I'm pretty sure, was all the way back there. And one of them almost got hurt really bad on like the second one, so they never, it, the plane was big enough for two people, but they never flew with two people because they didn't, like if someone died, it's crazy, but they wanted to keep doing it even though yeah. someone died. Yeah, amazing. That that's that's such a that's such an interesting place to go and an experience that, that you get to have and you get to have it kind of back to back that morning. Um, Gracie, tell me tell me one other uh, sort of spot that y'all stopped on your trip in eighth grade that sort of really stands out to you. Um, probably the Georgia Capitol. That was um, a place that we went on our last day. Um, we went up through Atlanta. And we stopped there. And we got to meet um, Senator Hofstetler, and he just kind of talked about. Um, how the government um, building ran and we went into the Senate room and it was pretty cool and then we had a tour guide and we did a scavenger hunt through the building and then we got to take a picture and we were supposed to meet um, Butch Miller but he wasn't there so his um, one of his assistants gave us these pins that we could keep. It was just really cool. So you've sort of all three had three different experiences, right? Um, we kept you busy. We went from one place to the next um, and just covered a lot of ground really in a week's time, right? Um, what would you say is, what, what was sort of, if I were to ask you sort of what gift did you come back with? Not necessarily a souvenir, okay? Not really the, the, the sort of souvenir that you can buy in the shop, but what is that sort of, what was that first thing you wanted to tell your parent about when you got back home that Friday night? What was that thing that just was a gift that you sort of came back with you couldn't wait to share? So like from Providence Canyon, like the, they say there was like, I think was it like magnetic rocks or something mm -hmm. there? I brought like one home and I showed my mom. And yeah, that was like the first thing that I wanted to show her really. That was the first thing. Providence Canyon is in um, the southern area of Georgia, right? Yes, and it is the uh, largest, uh, it's actually referred to as the Little Grand Canyon of the South, right? Um, and uh, it is, unfortunately, it was man-made from erosion, uh, from uh, removing trees and forestry, um, and then over planting in, in a particular area. Oh, and, uh, yeah. There were these people that planted kudzu. Mm -hmm. And you can actually see kudzu driving down the street. It's that vine that sort of just wraps itself around all of our trees here in the south. And so they had like this fence and there was like a part that was gone from the fence because it was like, because some people hopped the fence, somebody hopped the fence and then stepped on it and everything just collapsed. Yeah. All of it and all the like, all the like uh, fence was gone. All, they said that was like a one year loss of like their canyon. Yeah. So that was the first thing that you wanted to share when you got back from your trip. Yes, ma'am. What was a gift, Soren, that you sort of brought back from that trip you couldn't wait to share? Probably really um, the sand dunes. That was probably what I, thought, what I told them first. 
That's how we just all ran out there and jumped on those humongous hills and just like did flips and like rolled down them. And then I, like, I brought like, like a little sand back to show them. I don't know why I did that. I did. <laughs> That's cool. Hey, Gracie? Um, I just think that the trips are a really great way to um, have a stronger friendship with your friends. That's probably one of the best gifts that I kind of got was just getting to bond with my classmates and my teachers and just kind of watching and just like seeing that like, oh, I can make, it's such a great opportunity to make new friends and to um, bond with your old friends too. I actually agree with that. That's you agree with that? that? Really awesome. Yeah. So it just kind of gave you an opportunity to connect with people that you already connect with, but also connect with maybe other students in your class that you just haven't had a chance to sort of see. Um, or have classes with um, or engage with. So that is one of the reasons why we do those trips. It is for the science and the history connections because we did science. Actually, on all three trips, we did science. On all three trips, we did history. Um, but it is that opportunity to connect with, with classmates, the friendships that are built, the memories that are made, right? Opportunities to engage with your chaperones, your teachers in a different way. Um, so, Gracie, you're moving on to upper school next year, but Briar and Soren, you'll have an opportunity to travel with us again. Yes, ma'am. Yeah. So are you excited about that? Yes, ma'am. Um, what do you think about the fact we, we do it in February? We do it for, you know, a week in February. Do you think that's, that's the best time of year to do it? Um, what are your thoughts on that? Oh, like whenever we came in February, it was really awesome. Wasn't really as cold as I thought it would be, but it was like really fun. Awesome. So you felt like temperature was perfect, time of year was perfect. Yes. What do you think, Soren? I think it was pretty good. Just the like ocean that? was a little cold, but I mean, I was <laughs> oh, going to get yes. it anyway. Yeah. It got sandy. I got wet. Like the bottom of my shorts were wet. So all three groups had a chance to go to the ocean. Yeah, it's interesting. Uh, some years we time it where all three groups are actually at the ocean the same day. Not same, you know, not not on the same beaches, obviously. But um, we we've timed it some years that that that's our same experience. One thing that we we didn't really mention is we do have a social evening, right? We have one of our evenings during the week. We sort of take a break from the museums, take a break from some of the sightseeing, and we just have some time, whether it be in a bowling alley this yes, year. I think it was a bowling yes. alley. What about that? What's the benefit of that? The bowling was like really fun. Coach Collier beat me though. And <laughs> I bowled and he said you didn't even go over a 50. And I said I bowled a 55. But I did terrible at bowling that night, I have to admit. Did, it, did you have to bowl against uh, Mr. Everhart? No, we, we did it in separate groups. Okay. But I won my group. You won your group? Yes, the second one I totally lost. I don't know what happened the same time. <laughs> um, How'd you do, Gracie? Um, I actually did really bad. I'm I'm terrible at bowling, but it was still fun. We got to like um, watch everybody else bowl, and we Miss Peroni bowled. She fell, but it was okay. Um, and it's just really fun. And we also went to Andretti's, and that was fun. We did go karting, and then we just had two hours just to kind of have fun and do whatever we want. And so that was fun. Because you had a little break built in, especially seventh and eighth grade. Y'all have a little bit of a break built in each day to have a little free time. Um, in some of the places where y'all are. And I think that's important because that gives you that social time too, I think. Yeah, I feel like we're going to learn more if we do um, more like history for like two hours and then we get kind of a break where we can just have fun. And we, we did that every day because, I mean, our attention span is just not that long. 
So I, I think it's good that we can have an even balance of like historical learning and then like having fun. Oh yeah, whenever we would get back after bowling, whenever we would get back to the hotel, me and my the people in my room, which is Brantley and Lane Brasington, Brantley Wade, and uh, so we would wait for the snacks and then we would start playing like games, like card games, and it's really cool. So it was a great social time, right? Yes, that was sort of as we tried to wind you all down in the evenings and get you to go to sleep, uh, which I know is not an easy task. Well, I appreciate all three of you being here today, talking about the trips. This is something we look forward to. Um, you know, we couldn't wait to get back to the trips this year. We didn't get to take these um, annual trips last year um, in the same way that we did um, this year. So we're excited. We're, we're back. We're back in business, right? And um, these are really important parts of what we do. And these are just as much as you look forward to them as students. I promise you the adults in your life here look forward to them as well. We can't wait. We, we love every minute of it. So thank you. Thank you again um, for joining me for all of our three students. This has been great. We're glad that you tuned in to this episode of the Darlington Podcast. Tune in each week wherever you like to listen to podcasts and don't forget to subscribe. You can check out today's show notes at darlingtonschool.org backslash podcast. If you have any questions about today's program or ideas for a future episode, send an email to communications at darlingtonschool.org. The Darlington Podcast, a production of Darlington School in Rome, Georgia, is a collaboration between the communication, advancement, and IT teams, and the intro music is student-produced. See show notes and hear more episodes at www.darlingtonschool.org podcast.